What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast Is Called podcast. This is episode four. Thank you so much again for joining us. Jay, it's uh, it's, it's getting hot, real summery out here, and uh, it's starting to heat up, too, on uh, on, on the uh, old WWE networks. Yowie, wowie, what a week. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm on one tonight, guys. Oh. Let me Let me tell you. Let me tell you, I've had a week with my son alone. I am ready to let loose. First of all, follow us on Twitter at uh, Doesn't Matter Pod. Uh, that's what that's Pod with a zero. Still don't understand why we don't have Pod with just an O, but we'll get there. Hey, we're moving up in the podcasting world. Maybe we'll move up in the Twitter world soon. Uh, you can follow me personally at at Jeremy A Loss. That's A L O S. And you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. And after you do all that, you uh, are joining the social media party on the Doesn't Matter podcast team. Hop over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and rate five stars. The the love that we've had so far for the pod has been astronomical. And we, we could not be more grateful for everyone who's been listening, who's been downloading, who's been subscribing and rating five stars. We were actually on the new and noteworthy tab today for the Apple Podcast sports stuff, which I admittedly looked at it while I was uh, I was at a stoplight in the car and like almost pulled over, immediately texted <laughs> Jeremy and we both like lost our shit together. Uh, and we cracked the top 200 um, on, the, on the sports charts, which is crazy uh, just for, for a podcast as new as we are to be on those two pages is, is just very, very special. Um, and again, thank you. Thank you so much. But let's keep it going. We, we actually looked today and I think the updated count, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, is that we are at 68 five star ratings. Is that, is that we right? We are. All right. So we, we are. Let's, let's get to that 69 number. Let's oh, yeah. Get it nice. yeah. Let's, let's, let's get Gronk, uh, uh, you know, a listener <laughs> as a listener. Let's get to 69 and then let's skyrocket. Let's let's uh, let's get to 100 and then we'll, we'll keep moving. We, we did put out there that if you were subscribing and you were rating five stars, send us a screenshot. And and I believe we some people did send over some of the receipts. Uh, I think you saw that, too, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. Zach Moretti was one of the first ones. Zemo! Uh, yeah, some receipts, some, uh, an OG BR legend. Uh, and then we were also given some Twitter love by uh, Vince Sampiero, another BR legend. Gave us the video of Braun Strowman throwing out the first pitch at the Brewers game. Oh, very outside, might I just say. Yeah, yeah, it's up there with 50 cents first pitch. It was really bad. Yeah, but no one was going to say shit to Braun because he <laughs> literally would fucking kill you. <laughs> he said anything. Oh, yeah, he would give everybody on the team those hands. Exactly, yeah. Um, and you know how he loves to find any situation to use that saying so he definitely would have used it if someone even snickered so it was great but yeah no uh just to echo what you said you know shout out to zach shout out to vince and that leads us to the main event dude the shakeup is still happening apparently oh it's still very much alive still very much alive what the fuck so <laughs> let's just kind of recap for people who maybe didn't get to watch raw and smackdown this week Andrade is back on SmackDown. Zelina Vega is back on SmackDown. Aleister Black is now on SmackDown. Cesaro's on Raw. What, what, what? I was actually shaken up to another podcast. I was shaken up to the Masked Man show, but I got shaken back to this podcast. <laughs> uh, so what the, what the hell just happened? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, it's, it's an interesting move by the WWE. I mean, Jinder Mahal is back on SmackDown as well, though he uh, 
he had a job out to uh, Lars Sullivan tonight, so that was interesting. But reports are that Andrade and Zelina were moved over because of the eventual move to Fox, and they really wanted that Latina star or Latino star to really right. build around. Yep. And then there's some other interesting reports coming out today that he was actually pulled back because Charlotte just decided to pull the power cord and said, like, you know what? I want my man on SmackDown, which is very interesting oh, to me. shit. Really? <laughs> I mean, that is a power move by Charlotte. I mean, she is using the the right of a of a performer that has a loved one, whether it's a um, someone that they're engaged to or someone they're married to, to to have them on the road with them. So, if that is true, that is a power move by Charlotte, and uh, I really liked Andrade on SmackDown. Oh no, me too. And I think it makes sense. Like they they tried to make it make sense with him moving back, you know, with Finn going over and that he was chasing that title. Whatever. It's it's not a huge deal. It's just like you said that that power play to pull Andrade back. Zelina Vega back, and then in effect, Alistair Black back because he's married to Zelina Vega in real life. Charlotte has pull, man. She's got massive, massive pull and respect. You, you know, if, if you had that pull, why not use it? So that was quite the shakeup part two. I didn't have any big gripes with it. It was just they made such a big deal of, you know, Andrade, Zelina Vega, and Alistair Black kind of being on Raw that kind of them pulling them back to the blue brand was just kind of it's a little weird i guess it's the, the best way to put it a little weird uh also like cesaro cesaro going to raw means we don't have the bar anymore which also means that the fact that they like did the the run-ins after wrestlemania is like a moot point at this oh at, my, at this stage even less sense but i also i believe seamus is hurt i believe he has a concussion so i think that makes sense to kind of split them up now and you know they, they've they'd accomplished a lot as as the bar they, they kind of just threw it under the radar too that this was happening that you know these people were still moving shows but again it was just kind of a it was kind of funky yeah i mean this is like them admitting that they made a mistake and and we'll get to it later but they admitted to another mistake a pretty large mistake oh yeah uh, when it comes to the nxt champions but we'll, we'll get into that a little later i mean looking back at it like we had raw on monday like my initial takeaway after watching that was like wow that crowd was fucking awful oh like, it was so bad it was dreadful and it made it seem i mean look you and I are now, I guess, in the business of figuring or kind of nitpicking, right? And saying, oh, like, yeah, Raw sucked this week or, you know, SmackDown sucked this week. I mean, everyone kind of on the wrestling podcast world does that to an extent. But it just kind of sucked that during the Becky Alicia Fox match, Alicia Fox match li literally could have been no one in the arena. And I don't know if we would have heard a difference. The crowd was after the initial segment, the initial opening segment on Raw with Seth and then everyone kind of stating their claim to the world, uh, the universal title, uh, it just fell off a cliff. And I, I guess Des Moines, Iowa just isn't, you know, hot. It's not, it's not like Chicago or, or Brooklyn, like a hotbed. Right. It's not. <laughs> and, but you would think that with raw being in their city with the universal champion being from their state, and that's essentially his hometown. Like they would have been, they should have been drinking all day and in preparation for that shit. So the fact that they kind of died out toward the end of the show was just kind of a bummer. And again, like it just wasn't completely indicative of how I thought Raw was actually pretty decent this week. It was solid. Yeah. yeah, it was solid. I like to shit on the product as much as possible, right. but like since the subpar Raw after WrestleMania, I, I have, I mean, granted, it's only been two weeks, but like they've been pretty good. They've been building storylines for Money in the Bank, but also like setting things up that could go on further. I mean, you could already see them starting to lay the groundwork for a Drew McIntyre run at the Universal title. 
you can see Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio continuing to build further. They're going to do something with AJ and Seth, but that could go further. I mean, they're building a little bit slower instead of just throwing things at the wall and hoping that it sticks. And I mean, one of those things is like Becky and Lacey, since Lacey came out the night after WrestleMania, has been phenomenal. It's oh, been huge. such a yes, great build. Absolutely. Uh, Becky is the man. She's been the same character. She's just kind of playing that role. But Lacey has kind of grown into that heel, that thorn in the side of Becky, where like last night or last night she came in and had, actually had to run in and hit her with a woman's right. But the twice the, the mini promo before that was great. Yep. So I mean, I, I think what they're doing with that is is they're making it a slow build. Obviously, Lacey is not on the at the level of Becky, so she's kind of riding the coattails, but like it's still a solid build. It's a new feud for us to to kind of chew on. And it's it they're doing it the right, right way. You know, to Lacey's credit, you know, it's it's one thing to be thrust into that position. She she could easily fall flat on her face, right? Like, oh, we're going to put you with the top person in the company, not even the top woman in the company. We're putting you with the top person in the company, and let's see if you can float. And she is. She's doing more than floating. She's she's thriving right now. She's, yeah. again, they, they made her look strong um, on Monday with the two women's rights. She looks she looks fantastic. She's definitely a future champ. And she has she's got the look. She's got the move set. Her finisher is incredible. I think we, we talked about that a few episodes ago. Kind of going back to the the earlier point here, which was Raw was again it was super solid and it was bookended by a very 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 controversial segment in that Bray Wyatt is back, baby. He is he is oh, back. He is. And he is jacked. Oh, well, okay. So we need to talk about this first. So a, a photo dropped on the internet literally the day of, and my God, my man is just yoked, but he skips leg day. He oh, does. Homeboy I, does not skip leg day. <laughs> I also was wondering if it was the angle of the photo and that it was kind of coming from a, an upper angle and the, like, the legs, his legs seemed less in the picture than they actually were. So that might be it. But from the pictures that we saw, it definitely looks like he's just exclusively upper body. So, oh, yeah. but that being said, he is crazy Jack, crazy Jack. Like that's it. Like Bray Wyatt before was kind of not. He wasn't. He wasn't fat per se. He just wasn't. He looked strong. He was husky. Right. He was husky. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> there you go. That's why there's two of us on this spot. But no, he's <laughs> like he took some time off. Obviously after. You know, the, him and Matt Hardy split up as a tag team, but he's been busy. Like his girlfriend is now pregnant and they've been working on that. So maybe his answer to all this was just, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week uh, and eat protein 24 hours a day. I don't know, but he's, 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 he's looking good, man. And he's, sh should we talk about the segment now? I, this has been a big talking point in the wrestling so internet this community. This is possibly the weirdest segment I've ever seen in my life. It, no, Absolutely. But I mean, so we, 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 everyone knew that those weird, the puppet and the toy segments were going to be bright. Everyone knew that that was who it was going to be. The way they brought it to the surface, though, it was special. like, I was not expecting like a Mr. Rogers kind of thing going on. It was odd. It was uncomfortable to watch. Also, did you notice the names of the puppets are like Abby and Buzzard? Like, yeah, just, they have names. Yeah. Oh my god! And every time they show the the, the little girl puppet, I'd like want to like go hide in my room because it's fucking terrifying. It's horrifying, man. And albeit that I think I believe I read somewhere that it could be he's coming back with a new faction, and that the the doll and the buzzard are actually 
and I'm, I'm going to preface this with a spoiler alert, so if you don't want to know who they potentially could be, maybe skip ahead 30 seconds. But it potentially could be Eric Young and Nikki Cross. That'd be, that'd be great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yes. Nikki Cross with Bray Wyatt would be fucking phenomenal. Yeah, Nikki Cross by herself doesn't make a lot of sense, but Nikki Cross with another crazy person? Cool. Uh, sign me up. Yeah. So, no, this segment, I remember looking at Twitter after, and it, Twitter was ablaze. <laughs> there was, <laughs> people had divided and had taken a side. It was, it was like a wrestling <laughs> civil war. And I just remember after I watched it, I, I took a second before I texted you enough because I knew I needed to compose my thoughts. As it, so in the beginning, you're like, oh shit, this is super weird. As it got toward the middle and the end, I loved it. I loved it so much, and I hope it continues. Now, like, what were your thoughts on the electric chainsaw? Because I felt like if you're going to bring out a chainsaw, you need to go, like, full Texas Chainsaw Massacre on it and, like, have that shit, like... Yeah. It it was, like, an electronic one. It was, like... Like, I need more, like... Yes, but it's also... It's still a kid's show, you know? It still has to have... Nah, fuck that. (laughs) Nah, fuck that. Get no. the real shit going. Yeah, no, he should have just, there should have been blood coming out of that cutout. That would have just put it over the top. But no, I, I, I'm i I'm just glad he's back. I, as we know, our, our friend who had an amazing debut last week, Adam Knopflett, huge Bray Wyatt guy. Where's Bray? The fact that he's back now, ooh, it's, it's, it's going to be good. I don't know what show he's going to be on. I believe, I'm assuming he's going to be on Raw. No matter what show he's on, I am excited. And I haven't been that excited for Bray like when he was doing the whole Wyatt family thing, you're like, he's he's a solid heel, but he was never. It just kind of seemed like he was a diet version of the Undertaker, where it was like, oh, he's doing some kind of supernatural shit here, but he's also kind of dressed like he's on vacation <laughs> in Hawaii. I, man, I love that that look of like the the Hawaiian shirt with the with the hat. I mean, and he was crazy and he would sit in the chair. Like, I love that stuff. I think it really went downhill for him, for him once he won the title. Yeah. Cause then they started doing stupid shit with him. Like the house of horrors match or whatever they called it when he, yeah. when he wrestled Randy Orton at that. Oh yeah. The house that was stupid. And then Orton yeah. lit it on fire. I'll say this. It was initially cool. We were like, Oh, what the hell? Who's this guy? This guy's fucking weird. And then it just, it just went on too long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, all right, I think he needs to be repackaged. And then even when they brought him back to team with Hardy, he was still basically the same guy. He just kind of had longer hair and he was still doing the same shit. So this is, I mean, maybe third time to charm here. This looks fucking- This is a 180. Oh, it's it's a very <laughs> much a 180. It's, it's a 180 in that it's still, again, it's still in that weird realm, right? It's still like, what the fuck is happening thing. But it's also done in such a way where- Again, the kids show thing just kind of adds another layer to to the gimmick, which, oh, man, I I know there's, you know, there's some hot takes out there that they they didn't like it. They thought it was too weird. But, dude, it's oh, it's I'm excited. I'm excited for this, dude. As long as they don't change the entrance, because the entrance is what really puts him over, like with the fireflies and all that and and the music, like as long as they don't change it, I'm with it. Uh, I'm always open for a. a wrestler to get a fresh take on their character. So, uh, yeah. Oh, we almost we almost forgot to mention that Bobby Roode is now Robert Roode with that porn star mustache. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Rewind. <laughs> that was... Uh... Holy shit. So, as weird as the Bray segment was, 
Robert Rude's mustache might be even weirder. <laughs> like, they're not even, like, repackaging him. They So they separated him from Chad Gable. Gable's now on SmackDown. Basically, what they they came back to Bobby Roode or Robert Roode, and they were like, "We need to, we need something different with you." You know what? Let's cut off three fourths of your facial hair, and then really emphasize this mustache, and then give you a full name. So they're really leaning into this porn star thing. I, I don't give a shit. Like they could say that, oh, it's like uh, it's like Rick Roode, or no, fuck that. This is a '70s porn star, and he just he just went over on Ricochet. Which is absolutely ridiculous. So odd. Was that Ricochet's first pin since he got called up to the main roster? As a singles wrestler, yes. What the fuck? <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, Vince is like, oh, he's got a mustache. Let's fucking go. Let this is a new character. He's all jacked up. Yeah, no, and and they get they. I don't. I can't remember too well if he had purple tights in the past, but they brought back the purple tights, and I believe you brought this up. Was that they were just. They were like, all right, it's Val Venus 2.0, so fuck it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Which, well, as, as much as we all loved Val Venus, he did have a shelf life. Oh, man, it was Robert Roode. I mean, I, I guess they're going to have him feud with Ricochet for a while. It's whatever. But, like, I, I mean, if they're going to do it, just lean into the Val Venus thing, bring back the towel, bring back the hello, ladies, and, and let's move on. But, man, yeah, that mustache is... is Dare I say it? It's glorious. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, moving on to SmackDown. It, it's pretty obvious. That, I mean, it, it's it's set in stone now that we are getting Elias versus Roman at Money in the Bank. Yep. But what's interesting, interesting to me here is that it looks like we're building to Roman versus Shane McMahon at some random ass oh, my God. Saudi Arabia card in the middle of the summer or whenever they're going to have it. Because... <sighs> yeah. uh, Shane O'Mac is ready to defend his father's honor. Not not looking forward to that. No, that's going to be, and it might be a situation where they're just like, look, people already hate the fact that we're going to be in Saudi Arabia. So you know what? Let's just fucking give them some shit they don't want to see. Roman versus Shane. There's probably going to be some sort of stupid ass stipulation, like a Saudi Arabia flag on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to fight for the best of the world title. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. That's that's put more. <laughs> let's give Roman more weird shit. Moving backwards a little bit. Elias versus Roman at Money in the Bank. It's something I I want to see. I, I just want to see Elias in the ring more. I, I I'm down with the whole shtick of him being a performer and and all that stuff. But at some point we gotta see if this dude has chops, right? Throw him in the ring and and against Roman. That's that's a huge spot. So he'll have to elevate his game. Money in the Banks. It's a great pay-per-view. I think it's sort of creeping up there as the, you know how they have the classic four tentpole pay-per-views yeah. and Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. I think Survivor Series is kind of losing its luster a little bit. And Money in the Bank is now, it's the fifth one, but I would definitely put it above Survivor Series. Like it's I, The Raw vs. SmackDown thing is fine, but the Money in the Bank thing is phenomenal. It's one of the best ideas they've come up with in a long time. But so if it if it is Elias versus Roman though, they both have to be in the Money in the Bank match, right? Are they going to pull double duty? Uh, I, I definitely think Roman pulls double double duty. I don't know if Elias does. They're going to announce Money in the Bank uh, participants next week. If I, if I'm the WWE, I put Elias or uh, I put uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet in it Ooh, for yeah for just the high flying aspect of it. Like if you put Ricochet in a ladder match, it's going to be fucking fire. 
Like it's going to be great. I do think they are going to do that. Rick, Ricochet, they just have to capitalize on what he's able to do, especially now since they split him from Alistair. You're right. Fucking throw him in there and let's let's see what he can fucking do. He's probably going to do something fucking insane and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And then like Drew McIntyre's in it. Like he guaranteed he's. In oh, it. absolutely. Uh, and he is probably going to win it because I, I mean, he is just like on that track of being the next champion. So, I, I mean, we'll see next week when they actually announce it. But I, I, I mean, I would almost bet my house that Drew McIntyre is going to be in it and he's probably going to win it. His character and just the way he's kind of carried himself, he would look good with a briefcase. And I think we both agree that like heels with the briefcase is so much better than a face with a briefcase. Oh, yeah. I mean, like when Seth, when Seth had the briefcase, like, I mean, that is quite possibly the best run with the money in the best money in the bank briefcase. Like that really catapulted him to that next status, yep. the next status of superstar. Like he became like a bona fide star with that briefcase. So one of the best um, cash ins too. They, one of the best cash ins. Oh. You were there for that. You were there live. I, I definitely was. And I had no voice for two weeks after that. <laughs> um, yeah. So SmackDown was, was, it was an interesting SmackDown in the sense that like, we also got some interesting results coming out of it. Like Kari Sane pin Peyton Royce, which I mean, ultimately sets up their, their women's tag match. Right. But they're completely burying Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. I don't think they've won a match since they've been women's tag team champion. What the, what are they doing? And now it's, it kind of makes sense. As to why Sasha Banks is all pissed off and that they're kind of, I read today that they're at a standstill with where they are. They did this whole thing about how they were making it a big deal that we were finally going to get women's tag team champion. And this is how you treat like the tag team champions post mania. Like they won it at mania and they've been, they've lost every single match since then. Billy Kay lost on fucking raw too to Naomi. Like she doesn't even have a tag team partner to, 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 uh, it's it's a weird weird situation. It's a bit of a mess, and then they also had Sonya and, and Mandy come out after the match and, and kind of stare them down. So it looks like they're either they're either going to do Kari and Asuka versus Peyton and Billy, or they're going to do the three way. Um, but I mean, I, I, I don't I don't see Peyton and Billy keeping the belts past Money in the Bank. It just seems like they're the way that they're going. It's like like you said, it, they're they're kind of burying them at the moment. Um, and then you also had Andrade lose to lose to Finn uh, after beating him on Raw. Uh, some things I saw on Twitter uh, where people were kind of like wondering if they're going to like lean towards a Zelina and Andrade split, which would be terrible. Like, don't we can't do that. <laughs> no, I think Zelina is a perfect match with Andrade because Andrade is really good in the ring. He's super, super good. He's super entertaining to watch. He can do some crazy shit. That's just again, it's just aesthetically pleasing. And Zelina Vega is super good on the mic. And and I mean yeah, she has she's a great manager. She is, and she has the occasional spot where you know the, that Hurricane Rana off of the apron onto the ground. That's mm-hmm. that's insane. She's got a legit move set, and you know she obviously is a trained wrestler, so that helps. But I, her and Andrade are just a very, 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 very good pairing. So I hope they're not. I hope they don't split. Is what I'm saying. They, I mean, they need to keep them together. Andrade without a mouthpiece is is, I mean. He's great in the ring, like you said, but like if he doesn't have a mouthpiece, he's useless on the on the main roster, to be honest. Because I mean, as much as you can be as great as you want inside the ring, but if if you don't have the skills in the mic, you're never going to get over in the eyes of Vince McMahon. So he needs that mouthpiece. Keep them together. Don't even tease the 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 thought of them potentially getting uh, separated. So here we go again. Charlotte is going to face Becky for the Ooh. SmackDown Women's Championship at Money in the Bank. They have other women's wrestlers, right? I don't know, if Vince. 
knows there are beyond three women wrestlers. I think he thinks Ronda's still wrestling. Uh, I think he thinks Sable is still wrestling. So it's not that surprising that he is rebooking Charlotte and Becky. And again, Charlotte's great. She's fantastic. I just would, it would have been refreshing to see Bailey in that spot or throw, throw it in the triple threat. I, I know they kind of just did that angle at Mania with Charlotte, excuse me, and Becky in a triple threat, but Bailey deserves some shine. Bailey, Bailey's solid, you know, as much as the Canadian yeah. crowds don't love her. But Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, it just would have been different because Becky's already facing uh, Lacey Evans for, for the Raw title. So why not make it a little bit different for the SmackDown title? It's, it's, it's just these small details because she is already going to be working double duty. So with a triple threat, you can kind of give her, she could take a little bit off. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't have to be on. Yeah, she doesn't have to work as hard. Right. Yeah. And like the match that they had was solid. I mean, this probably was one of the better matches that Bailey has had uh, on the main roster. I agree with you. She deserves a chance to, to, to face Becky. I, I, I'm overseeing Charlotte continue to get these chances. Like it's, it's stale at this point for me. Like I, I, I want her to, to really go back and really work through everybody and work her way back i mean she's just continuing to get these chances and it's like it's to, in my eyes it's ruining her character i hope to god becky keeps both belts because this becky two belts gimmick that she has going on is so great so oh it's fantastic um yeah i i, I just i, I want to see a change there uh and lastly the good times between kevin owens and the new day are uh officially over the big ko is, is no longer part of the new day. We all saw that coming. And I, I mean, I know it makes sense now to turn KO back heel because they have all these, you know, new faces in. And he was kind of acting as a face because they needed him to. They didn't have enough faces on, you know, the pre shakeup SmackDown. And now that Roman's there and Finn is there, which will lead me into my next point of they need a big heel. So, you know, that turn makes sense because Daniel Bryan hasn't shown up. You know, since WrestleMania, I I shouldn't say he hasn't shown up. It seems like he's really injured. They're they're kind of yeah. keeping it close to the vest. They haven't said what is wrong. He's he's clearly injured, but it, I think they're scared to if if it's a concussion related thing. That is obviously a very sensitive subject, especially with him because he's dealt with that in the past. But they do need someone to fill that spot. So Ko makes a lot of sense because I I believe you mentioned last week or the, or the week before. That he KO is a heel. That's just when he does some of his best work. I enjoyed his face work just because again it was just a little different than what he was doing before. But KO as a heel is he's he's done it amazingly before, and there's there's no reason to believe he won't be fantastic again. But it was uh I guess it was time. It was just time to to kind of flip that switch. Yeah, I mean we'll get that match at Money in the Bank. It'll be it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, I, like I said, I, I love him as a heel. It's, it's just a natural fit for him. Right. Uh, even like the, the videos that you get of, of fans shooting at like live events and he's shit talking fans while he's putting like Roman in a headlock telling them he made more money than them in a week. Like yeah. shit like that. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, that's why you're such a good heel is Cause like, it's natural to you to just shit talk people. He does it on Twitter all the time. So like, um, the week and a half that we had of, of the big O inside the new day was great, but like, let's move on and uh, let's get that match. I think it's gonna be a good match. Oh, it's gonna be a phenomenal match. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, phenomenal match. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, time for feud of the week. I'll, I'll let you lead off. So my feud of the week was, was the Bray Wyatt segment versus the internet. <laughs> After it happened, I didn't even tweet. 
I waited and I just saw my Twitter app just flow with opinions and it was fucking hilarious. I was, I was dying. You were, you were the, the, the live action version of the Elmo gif and fire just with your hands up, just oh, yeah. enjoying the fire. Oh, oh my God. I was so Elmo right there. It was, it was so <laughs> funny because there, there was people were like, that was weird. And in my head, I was just saying, yeah, of course it was fucking weird. That was the point that they, they wanted it to be weird. And that's just kind of the, oh, and you know, the people who didn't like it, why do you like wrestling then? Do you, do you want sort of believability in what's happening? How could you not like that? It was just so bizarre and so strange. Oh, it was, that was my favorite. That was my feud of the week. See, I'm going to go the more traditional route here. There you go. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm keeping it in the ring. Uh, mine was uh, AJ and Seth. They didn't really do anything other when it came to building their feud, but like the fact that we are getting that match at Money in the Bank is enough to win me over. Yep. AJ can have a match with just about anybody in the company and make it look good. So the fact that he has one of the better workers in the company to, to work alongside is, I mean, that's going to be a, a quality match that could, that could easily contend for match of the year. Um, already which is crazy so uh i i'm hyped on that they took the mantle away from becky and lacy uh let's see if they can keep it going aj aj on the mic still like sounds really awkward to me and he sounds like he is forcing like his joke with uh with baron on monday was like oh god come on man he's like do you ever shut up yeah he's like your face is uglier than your head something like that some stupid shit like that and it's like all right man like you're not, you need a mouthpiece like so bad. You're not going on the mic. He's not exactly the rock on the mic, but he's so good in the ring no. where everyone's just, they allow it, you know, they allow the kind of mediocrity on the mic. So I'm with you. I'm looking forward to that match. Um, I, I was surprised that they honestly were giving it to us so early. I remember I was, as we were watching, I said to my wife who was watching with me, I said, oh, they're going to give it to Corbin. I think they're just going to go full troll mode and that the heat that Corbin has they're just going to put him in that spot at Money in the Bank because obviously Seth is going to retain and they're going to save AJ Seth for some other time. That didn't happen, but you know, it was it's, it's I'm still ha happy that it, it is going to happen at Money in the Bank. So man, Baron Baron has some legit heat from the fans, man. He gets booed like nobody's business. Oh, it's terrible. It's I I I've man, he gets hammered. Yeah, and so I've seen a lot of, uh, as you know, I'm a big up, up, down, down guy. So I've I've seen a lot of his videos when he shows up as regular Baron Corbin, just kind of interacting with Tyler Breeze and Xavier Woods and all those guys. And he's he seems like a cool guy. He's he he's he's trolling, right? Like that's his character right now. He's trolling. Yeah. I just I'm just not down with the TGI Fridays look anymore. You know, it made <laughs> sense when he was the acting general manager or the constable. That made a lot of sense. But now that he's just a guy, I think we should give him some other gear like i don't care what it is just he can't look like he's asking me how many people are in my party you know <laughs> he needs more flair on that on that uh that vest that he wears right at least like he's it's it's it has evolved a little bit because it used to be straight up dress pants a dress shirt and a vest and now i think the vest has like an emblem on it on like the bottom left or right yeah so they're trying but nah dude give him something else give him something else to wear <laughs> You know, kind of going back, it, it is going to be that AJ Seth match is going to be super, super good, and I'm 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 very, very, very excited. And uh, yeah, that that covers you know Raw, it covers SmackDown, and the feud of the week. 
But now we are going to move on to our news and notes segment. So we're just a couple quick hitting topics. The first one is going to be, Jen, this is a favorite of yours. Dean Ambrose's final match happened over the weekend. The Shields, what was it? The last chapter. And as, as listeners are starting to figure out, me, BJ, I am a huge Shield mark. I love the Shield. I think, again, I'm just a big faction guy. You, not so much. You, you, you have a disdain for the Shield and Dean Ambrose. Fuck the <laughs> Shield. <laughs> I was legit happy when it was like finally over. I was like, good riddance. Like, let's get this fucking over with. He's coming back end of story like it's happening but jesus christ like it needed to be over i'm happy it's over they made way too much of this thing and and, and it also just played their hand that he's 100 coming back thank god it's over and we can just move on without the shield I, i'm gonna speak more on this later during the hot take uh, oh no but oh god let's, let's quickly let's quickly move on for the sake of our friendship uh <laughs> dustin rhodes no longer with WWE, despite the fact that a few weeks ago, he was very adamant that anyone who was saying he was leaving was basically an idiot. And now here he goes. He's he's going to uh, AEW to face his brother, It's uh, which I'm not mad at. Are you excited for Dustin versus Cody? Oh, 100%. Like, this is the match that I was looking forward to them having when Cody was Stardust. I was waiting for Stardust versus, Stardust versus Goldust. Yep. So like this is a match that I'm really into. Uh, it's going to be a one-time thing. It looks like Dustin is done. So uh, I'm into it. Uh, I'm happy that he's getting an opportunity to, to to wrestle on a big stage. I mean, double or nothing is is the biggest you can get outside of the WWE. So uh, I'm very, very into it and happy for him. Did, and I'm excited to see that match. Did you watch the video of him putting the Goldust mask away? Oh, no, I didn't want to cry. I got, I got kind of emotional. <laughs> Goldust was one of the first people I remember seeing on TV and wondering what the fuck am i watching but also i'm kind of, i kind of want to see what he does so it was a little emotional to watch him put the gold it was like a full gold dust mask which again kind of doesn't make sense cuz he always painted himself he always always painted his yeah. face but it was still pretty emotional to kind of for him to say bye to that part of his life which was the most successful things he had done so you know, again, like you said, I, I'm very much looking forward to that match with uh, him and Cody at Double or Nothing. But it's kind of sad you know, to watch that part of uh, my childhood essentially be buried alive. Yeah, I still remember seeing him. Uh, it, one of his first matches where like it was shocking to me as uh, an eight, nine year old to see him take his wig off. Oh yeah, and actually wrestle and and be. Oh my god! It was like a huge moment for me. I still remember that. So like. He does have a place in my heart as like a wrestler that I grew up with. So it's going to be sad to see him leave the ring, but I'm also really happy that he's going on on his terms against against his brother in a match that we've all like the wrestling community has really wanted to see for a long time. So absolutely, uh, I'm I'm happy to see that. So it looks like we are now calling the War Raiders the Viking Raiders. So we have we've gone from War Raiders to the Viking experience to the Viking Raiders. I'm hoping that they keep the shtick going. And next week we have the the war experience. And then the week <laughs> after that, we have the war of the Vikings. Like, let's just keep changing it up and let's keep having fun with it and just say, fuck it. Like, we understand that this is completely like ridiculous, 
and let's get fucking weird with it like viking war of the raiders like let's let's start making making shit up out of like all the iterations of their name if they have 52 variations of this so that's one every week i'm so down for this and like maybe so and then and then a bonus one for every pay-per-view that they're on so if they have like a bank of 60 viking related names i'm so in on this idea it's it's (laughs) it's Again, it's they they might as well at this point. They also are kind of trolling in that the, did you see that their their finisher is now called the Viking Experience? And that's a huge fuck you to everyone. Huge middle finger that they, you know, they're like, we know you hate this name, but now it is their finisher. And again, they they, they what they squashed the Lucha House party on Monday. People you know me, I'm not a huge Lucha Party fan, so I was I kind of enjoyed that squash. Vince never has, you know, he's never struck me as someone who's affected by the internet. I don't think Vince even knows what the internet is. I do find it hilarious that the backlash to the Viking Experience name was so vast that he was convinced to change the name. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. As long as they keep changing it, I'm I'm with it. But if they stick with the Viking Raiders, it's I mean that name literally makes no sense. So like. <laughs> it's like what the fuck is it sounds kind of redundant Uh, it's just they're vikings and raiders i I don't know i mean it literally makes no sense but whatever like vince literally wipes his ass with the dirt sheet so he can care less so like um it's it's just keep the gimmick going let's let's make it the gimmick uh speaking of vince kind of like taking control over things like kurt angle and the undertaker were scheduled to be at, at starcast which is like a huge podcasting convention thrown thrown by um conrad thompson and it looks like the wwe has exercised their right to withhold the talent uh for a, a for an event that for a company that deemed as competition so like it's it's obvious that the wwe is taking aew and um all of their events very seriously so this is this is interesting to me i still remember when taker first signed on that he was going to appear i remember thinking that was weird because taker never does non-wwe appearances so it was clearly a big deal that that was even happening. I know that they've since signed Taker to a new deal, so they're probably pulling on that cord now that they're saying, oh, we got a new deal, so you shouldn't go. But you're right. I, I think in general, WWE has looked at AEW as you know a blip on the radar, and where it's like before they, they didn't think about anything, right? They, you know, New Japan, whatever, Ring of Honor, whatever. But now with AEW kind of being on American soil, I think they are they definitely are looking at it more seriously. You can even see that in at the uh that the Hall of Fame when they kind of alluded to, you know, Billy Gunn working for AEW, Triple H immediately pulled the power play of we could squish squash that shit whenever we want, right? So this whole thing was a little weird in that there were some negotiations back and forth with, okay, if you want to pull Taker, send us Shawn Michaels, like someone who's not wrestling actively right so there was a lot of uh, some bargaining that was happening it it honestly doesn't shock me because vince is very territorial right like he the wwe is like his baby so he's going to protect it as much as he can that being said he again he as as much as he doesn't strike me as someone who cares about what the internet thinks it didn't he doesn't strike me as someone who after he defeated wcw strike me as someone who is scared of a new thing that's emerging. So that's what I was surprised about was that he wouldn't necessarily let it happen because it's, it's not, it's not a huge deal. It's a, he was, it's not AEW. Isn't this is an, this is not an AEW event, right? It's, it's a separate thing. 
a lot of former WWE wrestlers do non WWE events. I guess you know he he might have some sort of other feelings now that it's the Undertaker. So a little weird, but it's uh I I I get it. I'm not surprised. It's it's yeah. Vince being Vince. Yeah, Vince protects his IPs like nobody's business. I mean, there was uh the story back in the early 2000s where like he wouldn't let Steve Austin have the Stone Cold moniker because he didn't want to give up the IP. So it does make sense. Uh, lastly, like happy birthday to John Cena. 42. 42. You made it. Two and jacked out of his mind. I mean, he must be on some court, some sort of steroids because, like, I looked at his photos that he posted on Twitter and my, my guy's veins are just like popping like crazy, like a little roadmap on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's, uh, he, so he hosted Ellen the other day and he was wearing a full suit and the suit is hanging on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> there's just <laughs> i also celebrated john cena's birthday privately today i wwe released a 21 minute video of all 16 of his title wins and did i watch the whole thing i absolutely did so happy birthday john cena also shout out and a happy birthday to one of my best friends abel john i messed the only reason i'm doing this is because i messed up in my calendar and i put his birthday a week after <laughs> it was so uh my apologies abel but you now get a birthday shout out with john cena so oh that's huge 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 and we will also post we'll post the 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 photo of uh of john cena on our twitter account so you guys can see just the crazy veins that this guy has at 42 years old uh no man that age should have this kind of body so uh yeah we'll post it on our twitter account so you guys can see what i'm referencing it's it's absurd I think it's time for the, for the for our favorite segment of the show. Hell yeah. It is time for the white wine hot takes. White wine hot takes. All right, Jay, since you let me go first with feud of the week, I'm going to let you go first with your white wine hot take of the week. What do you got? The shield wasn't as good as everybody thought they were. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset. People can't see this. I'm literally covering my face because I'm really upset. All right. So listen to me. All right. Their their debut was great. The fact that they've kind of branched out and and had their own individual careers, that's great. But as a as a stable after that initial wave of excitement, I mean, they were stale. Their returns as uh the returns after they broke up. I mean, it was just like, let's just play the hits. And they were doing the same shit over and over and over and over again. They didn't have any, uh, in my eyes, they didn't have any personality. They didn't have the sticking power of like a DX or even the nation. To oh, me, come on. The nation really, it really stood out because for one thing, they helped build a bona fide superstar in the rock. And now, and also they had like an interesting band of characters sure, yeah. um, that really elevated elevated that group of characters bigger than they were outside of that outside of that group here like everybody is bigger than they were inside the shield i don't think the shield had as big of an impact as everybody thinks they did i think it was rose-colored glasses whenever they came on uh it's i'm very relieved that they're gone and if they come back please god help me because i might lose it on twitter I really am happy that the Shield are gone. Don't you think they fuck them? Let's move. Didn't they, on. Don't you think they broke up too early? Like when Seth turned on them, I I rewatched this yesterday with my wife, and was explaining the whole Shield lore because of the whole special that aired on the network, and 
I asked her, have you seen when Seth turned on them? She said, no. So we, we watched it. She watched it in the car. They, I think they broke up too early. They, they didn't get a chance. Like they were in the midst of their face turn and then they broke them up. I, I, in interviews with each of those three guys individually, they've, they've said outwardly that they believe they broke up too early because all these factions that, you know, we talk about DX, the nation, I guess. We're talking about the freaking nation of domination in 2019. Who, who, who I like, by the way. But how dare you, Jay? How dare you? I think they broke up too early, and I think that ruined their that kind of ruined their where where they stand in terms of the hierarchy of factions. No, yeah, I mean, I I think the fact that they did break up so early kind of diminishes them in the pantheon of of faction. I I even think like I think the New Day have passed them. I'm with you on that. I, I'm down with that because the New Day they've got they had they've gotten chances. They've con- uh, like continuity. Yeah, yeah, and and they've been around forever. I think when they eventually break up, when Biggie comes back from whatever injury he has, and costs Kofi the title, uh, I think that's going to have a, a a bigger impact than when Seth turned on everybody. Uh, I I just I, I agree with you. I think they they broke up too early. I think they also got back too early. Like, no, they did. They broke up. They had a they had this huge huge breakup that really like Seth turned on them and, and basically shit talk, shit talk them for a year. And then like six months later, Roman's like, all right, we can be bros again. It's like, no, like you guys need to be like mortal enemies for an extended period of time. So like they handled, they fumbled it all. Like they didn't have, they're not going to have the lasting impact of, of any of these factions. It's because it, to me, they didn't do anything that great. I, I'm I'm over it. I, I'm ready to move on. That's my hot take. Give me yours. Oh God, I don't know if this podcast is gonna continue after this. At <laughs> a loss for words. Uh, my white wine hot take is: I think one of Seth Rollins's one of his next competitors for the Universal Title should be Cesaro. I think Cesaro deserves a massive singles push. I think they've they haven't been able to figure him out as a singles competitor. I think they they figured him out as, you know, part of a tag team, you know, and he's been great. But he's a, an incredible worker. Every time he's in a match and he does all his, you know, he he gets all his moves off. They're all incredible. The spin's incredible. The spin into the sharpshooter's incredible. Little uppercut. He's he's got the European uppercut. It's great. He almost took off Cedric Alexander's head on Raw. But I think he should be given a massive push. I think they can push him as a heel. And remember when they tried to align him with Paul Heyman? That was crazy. I was like, this is dope. And then it just kind of went away. So I think Cesaro, Seth Rollins for the Universal title, I like it. I know there's a lot more. There's a lot of heels now on Raw. And there's, you know, Cesaro may not be the person that we think of when we're kind of fantasy booking Seth against who's next. I think Cesaro deserves a push and deserves a shot. So that is my white wine hot take. I mean, that's a, that's a good take in the sense of like that could be a good match to have on an, on an off number pay-per-view yep. uh, on a pay-per-view that doesn't really like, doesn't have a lot of cachet to it and a lot of pizzazz. Like you can put that match on there and it's going to do, it's going to be a three to four star match. It, it's going to be great. And then you can just move on. Um, I don't think you can do those two for an extended period of time because I just don't think Cesaro has the mag skills to carry sure. it. No, I agree. But like, if if you 
run into that matchup on a Monday night after a pay-per-view and you just run it to the next pay-per-view and then it's like wrap it up. That works for me. I'm, I'm all, I'm all for it. I, I agree. I think Cesaro does need a push. So by the way, do you think they're going to bring back Paul Heyman in, in any sort of capacity in a non Brock Lesnar way? I, I don't know. I just, he was, he's so good. Every time Heyman came, came out to do something, I was excited. Now he's just kind of gone. Do you, do you think they're going to pair him with somebody else? No, I think he's I think he's a uh, a Brock guy through and through. I think I think what we learned prior with Curtis Axel and with Cesaro, it's like uh, sticking sticking them with Paul Heyman isn't like a guarantee that they're gonna get over. So um, I, I think he's I think he's just gonna be fine working in the back and, and and staying out of the limelight without Brock. I think if if Brock comes back, then he'll come back out. But I don't think you need to force him on anybody. I think the dream was to always put him with Roman, but I think. Like that ship has sailed. God so, damn it. Um, yeah, I, I think it just stays in the back. All right. No, I was just, I was just checking. I was just. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Doesn't Matter Pod with uh, that's again Pod with a zero, uh, and you can follow me personally on Twitter at at Jeremy A Loss. You can follow Ben on Twitter at at Cruise Control, and that's Control with a K. And then after you do all that social media stuff. Please, please, please head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the pod, rate us five stars. We were on the new and noteworthy page today, which was an amazing thing to see. We were in the, we are, were in the top 200 for Sports and Rec. So please, please, please keep that energy going. And I did see a lot of other wrestling podcasts in that top 200 and didn't want to be rude. So Jay, what's, what's another wrestling podcast that you're listening to? Oh, yeah, I've been listening to... It doesn't to, uh, matter what your podcast is called. We'll see everybody next week. Peace out. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>